Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I'm super excited to share with you that I have brought back my signature course, Sheenette's Worth, a hairstylist guide to going independent. So if you've been independent for a while and you don't have systems, this course is for you. If you're thinking about going independent and you're not sure if it's what's the right move for you, this course is for you. I know for myself, I wish I had this course. Basically, the first four years I was independent, I struggled because I didn't have the infrastructure or the understanding of the business side of my business. So if this sounds like something you could use some help with, please head over to my website, wavemaking.com, and check out my course. All right. So today I'm super excited about our guest. It's Shanda Wallace. She is a salon owner, a stylist, and a mentor. You might know her from the Harbor Salon, which is actually probably aesthetically the most beautiful salon that I've ever seen. Um, But I'm most excited to talk about you. You just moved your entire family from LA to Arizona. And I always wanted to talk to you, but now I'm like, I have to know about just this transformation that your family has taken on during such a strange but beautiful time. It seems like I love the reflection that people have had in this space. And I don't know, I love talking to people that I feel are, you know, saying, why can't it be that way? Why can't I live here and still do that? And I think it's inspiring and a lot of like really um, hard decisions. So I'd love to just have you take it away. Oh, thanks so much. It's such a joy to be with you and talk with you. It's, I love getting to share a little bit of my journey. Hairstylists are my favorite people in the world. I can't believe just the kind of company we get to have with women when we're in salons and then our communities online. It's so cool. So yeah, I opened a salon in LA, um, just about two years before everything hit you know, with COVID and the pandemic. Um, And I'm so thankful that we had a really successful first two years. Um, If we had not have had the beginning that we had um, from opening and um, before we had our, the, the beginning of the closures, which in California for us, we were closed for seven months. So if we had not had such a fantastic opening, we would not have made it through. Um, but the number one thing, like you mentioned that I've taken away from this last season was reflecting through the seven months that my salon was closed. And I say this a lot to stylists when I'm coaching one-on-one and it's that we have got to direct our career with discernment in what season we're in. And that is, um, that's huge. So what, what would our life be? What would our career be if we just followed a path that we thought may be linear, but it's not the right time. It's not the right place. It's not the right thing for right now. And, you know, women and men that choose this, um, this industry 
there's something about us. There's something about us that's relational, that's um, connecting, that's, um, you know, inspired by beauty, inspired by, you know, just like relationships as we grow with our clients. And we can't stop there. We have to also look internally. We have to look personally at our lives and our interests and our families as they grow. And so that's kind of what led us to this most recent decision of moving our family back to Arizona while still um, owning and growing our salon in LA. So it's, it's open there and it's actually growing and thriving. um, Even though we've had this recent transition Um, and I feel now even more equipped to be the owner and mentor that I want to be for my team, um, that I'm here because this is the right place and this is the right thing for me to do. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you said about like discerning, like the season that we're in, in our careers, because I feel, you know, just from talking to people and also, you know, I know you had a baby at the beginning of the pandemic and I've kind of had a baby. I'm hoping at the end of a pandemic, I don't know, (laughs) um, But uh, I feel from talking to a lot of people, I think people feel inundated with the opportunities. At least I sometimes can feel that way. Um, And I love what you're saying about the discernment because it's like not all great opportunities are the great opportunity, the right opportunity for you. And so when you guys decided to move, like how did you even dream up the idea that you could keep your business and you wouldn't have to live in the same state. Like, how did you come to that? Because I think that is so like, I don't know, I think we look around and when you talk about paths and linear paths, it's like, we're all looking around sometimes at other people going, well, you can't not live where you work or we think there's rules. Right, absolutely. Of course we do. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we really learned about while we were, you know, in California, pretty heavily locked down, It's just how much we could do virtually, you know, which I've learned to just hate that word. My kids were in school, virtual school for a whole year, um, a whole school year, you know, and but let's be honest, we learned a lot about time management. We learned a lot about energy spent, energy given, um, and it was through our months of being closed and staying connected to my stylist, jumping into opening for a month and then closing it down, jumping back into opening for three months and then closing back. You know, we were on a real roller coaster out here in California with opening and closing, but it kind I mean, I hated it, but we had to do so much virtually. Um, I've had two assistants out of that season when we were closed, they went into the pandemic assistance. They came out of the pandemic stylists, because we did so much training and classes and coaching, even throughout our time of the salon being closed. So it really did push me to see what could be done over an email, over a phone call, over Zoom. Um, and yeah, it's definitely not my preference. It, it's, we never could have started and opened the salon that way. But I think, you know, if someone's looking on and wondering, I would love to share like, we couldn't have opened the harbor virtually, right? We couldn't have opened the harbor while living out of state, but do you know what? We nurtured and nurtured and nurtured for the two and a half years that we have been open. So when we did look at where we were and what we needed, I could discern my team was so empowered. They have so much ownership that we 
I could take my family and move across the state and they would be able to thrive really because they have ownership of this fantastic culture and salon operation that we've developed with each other. So I'm staying connected and I'm, I'm doing it virtually. And I'm also going back every month to do my own clients. So we'll have our check-ins and it's really schmoopy. I say whenever uh, my stylist and I keep connected because we're like, I miss you so much. And I do last week I shared, I've only been out of state for two weeks now, but last week I shared that I was really super sad because I was missing my stylist. I was missing my clients. I was missing the Harbor. I've been there you know, it's been my baby and now I'm out of the state and I was feeling really sad about it. And I was just letting myself feel that. So I'm staying connected, but I could never have done this in the beginning. I, it really is the decision that we could make because we had really developed it into a really healthy and successful, um, team environment where our stylists are just rocking and, and thriving, taking ownership of our own salon culture. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I love what you said about like you went into the pandemic is one thing, like you go in as an assistant, you come out as a stylist. It's like, you go in, like, you know, I went into, you know, the pandemic, not as a mom coming out as a mom. It's like, I think it's really cool the way it's just like accepting, like you're going to come out different, but you get to decide what that is. And I think that's really cool. And I think uh, like the post you were talking about what you had shared last week, I have it right here. It's it's okay to be, to have mixed feelings. It's okay to be in the right place and still miss where you were. And mm -hmm. I think that is something that so many people can connect to regardless of their, where they're at. Cause it's like, you still kind of grieve where you were. 100%. It's something that I think as we grow as people and as we mature, hopefully in our career and as individuals, I've seen a lot of stylists, you know, burn bridges whenever they're transitioning from one thing to the next, because they don't know how to hold space for keeping what was positive, reminiscing and, you know, appreciating what was while moving into what's next. And that is something we have got to grow in. That is so childish, right? It's something I'm teaching my daughter. She's almost 11. And I tell her all the time, Lyndon, her name's Lyndon, real women speak directly. Okay. Like we don't have to be passive. We don't have to be weird. We don't have to, you know, type ha ha at the end of every message. Like, let's just be direct. The other thing I say to her all the time is Lyndon, real women don't have to like smash the things that we left behind. We can adore them. We can appreciate them and we could still move on. So if so-and-so was your best friend last year, or if Ivanhoe was your school last year, but now you're doing this moving forward, we can still appreciate what we had. It doesn't mean we have to stay there forever. That will get rotten, right? You can't stay in one place forever. I don't want my assistants to stay assistants forever. I don't want a commission stylist who longs to be independent to stay commissioned forever. But we're not going to burn our bridges as we walk away. And that often means that we feel tension because we're in a new place, but we're missing what we had, or we're discovering these new things and it's pushing us to grow and it's uncomfortable, but we may miss that old comfort that we used to have. And it's something that I really want to challenge people to walk into whenever they're going to the next place is to reflect and hold and respect what we had um, and that might mean that you miss it. It might mean that it's kind of hard to hold both places, but we've 
got to stop turning our back on what we had and, you know, either burning those bridges or acting like it was never good anyway. Totally. And I have had a lot of people on that said, I need to take responsibility that I stayed somewhere too long, or I have to take responsibility that my part in, in like relationships and things like that. And I think that in salon culture, it is so like yesterday, the way it's like, instead of just peacefully moving on, we kind of have to, in order to justify our move, because we don't feel like we're allowed to change or to grow, at least I never did. I can reflect back and say, I kind of had to find the bad guy so that I could make the changes that I needed to make, but there doesn't have to be a bad guy. And I, I feel like so fortunate that I didn't burn bridges because when I went to have this podcast like two years ago, I've gotten to have like my first salon, which it's like, you know, like my first salon was like the love of my life. You know, it's the wow. place you think you're going to be at forever. And I was secretly like, they're not going to want to be on because they hate me. And they were like, we love you and we love what you're doing and we'd love to be on. And I'm like, where do we get this idea? Well, some of us behave in a way that you know, you're not really in a positive light where you left. But like, even when you leave on a good terms, I think that in this industry, you can feel like, oh my gosh, like they don't wish me well, which is not true most often. Like that hasn't been my experience, but I'm with you. I, I think that in this time, I say a lot of times, like it's gotten so sexy to be independent. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not for everyone. A lot of people maybe are in the wrong commission salon. Like you might need to find a better fit or a better culture. And like you speak to the culture that you've created. But I guess I just think like I get I get very like caution, abort the mission when people, when it becomes really sexy to like do something or, you know, it's like, it's not all gumdrops and rainbows when you get rid of a commission salon owner. And I think that that's why I like kind of love having you on to talk about like this culture you've created where it's like, you're not micromanaging people. Like people are like, and I think as hairstyles, we are always running our own businesses. I think we can get hung up on, um, and I know Nina from Passion Square had said before, she said, um, it's all, we're all just talking about how we're compensated. We're not, we all do the same job. Mm, yeah, that's so real. That's so real. And, you know, we're all doing the same job. But and it's also great to be different people, like to have to thrive in a different environment, to thrive under different, you know, like the way things work, systems. Not every person is made to have the same system. Yeah. You know, and I've been so lucky. I've had salon owners leave their salon that they owned and come and work with me as a commission stylist because they needed rest and they wanted someone to manage their business for them. And I was so glad to do that and give them that rest. Um, and that was just the moment that they could discern they were walking into. Yeah. I mean, it sounds attractive to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like to walk into a salon. I mean, I love, I love being able to do my own thing, but I do think that it, it sounds pretty attractive to be like, all my products there, everything I need, everything. I just walk in, do what I do. And then I go home and be with my baby. So I think it's really cool what you're saying about like recognizing the season you're in. And like, I love the season you're entering into. I'm just like, I just think it sounds so cool. And just kind of pushing the, the, you know, just like pushing the envelope on what's possible. And I think that it just, even if people listening decide that they want to do something different, but just hearing someone kind of just like, make their life what they want it to be, I think is just like inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
there was a phrase that came to my mind when we were processing if we could move out of California while keep the salon that we love in California and our business that we, you know, really poured our heart and soul out for. And this phrase came to my mind and it was that it would be striving for us to stay. And I'm not coaching anyone else to strive in this, you know, certain salon or, you know, lifestyle or something. I'm coaching them to do what feels free, do what feels open, see what the possibilities are. So how in the world could we strive in California and stay there just because our business is there? And, you know, we believe wholeheartedly that we can do both. But I think it's important to mention that that wouldn't have been an option at all seasons. It became an option, I think, because we did do some things really well along the way. And so we were able to leave with this, you know, group of, of team members there that are upholding this thing that we really built together. Yeah, no, I love that because I do think that, you know, it's that whole like overnight success thing. It's like, you know, if someone were to catch up with you today, they'd be like, I want to do that. Like I want a salon and I want to like live in this state and do this. And I even feel like with, you know, going on maternity leave and having two renters, it's like, I could not have done what I did had I not have had all the wisdom of the last number of years to make what's happening and what looks seamless and effortless possible. So I think that that's really, really impactful what you're saying. Cause it's like, I know it looks easy because it's like, and we talk about being in flow and like not striving and all that. And it's like, I sometimes worry that people misinterpret that for not necessarily working hard or planting seeds like seven years ago, five years ago, three years ago, having a couple failed employee situations. And because I mean, that's all laid the foundation and the groundwork for what's been a really like restful five months of maternity leave with a business that's still making money. And it's like, you don't get that if you don't have all the other stuff, like the foundation solid. And I think sometimes with social media, I mean, it's easy to look around and be like, yeah, I want that. But it's like, do you want the years of sacrifice and, you know, just disappointments and setbacks and getting up again and going another round that I know that you had because you couldn't be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I heard one time that quick success offers shallow roots. And that's something that so resonated with me when I was thinking, you know, of what I really wanted out of my business. And I don't want shallow roots. I want something that can last because I want it to continue to grow. I want it to build. I want it to have wisdom. I want it to have longevity. And I want it to have longevity because I don't want to continue starting over. You know, I want something to last so it can mature. And I think that's really made a lot of patience um, in those beginning times because it doesn't mean, oh, I'm striving because this is working. This this work is looking hard, so it's time to shift. That's not the case. <laughs> Right. That's not the case. I'm not saying it got hard. So change, you know, it was time to move. No, no, that's not it. It was that we could discern we could move because there was a strong foundation there. And so if I have anything to share with someone, it's to, you know, water and nurture where you are now. 
when we opened the harbor and I started pouring my heart and soul out to every stylist that ever came to work with me, I didn't think about moving. I never thought this was an exit plan. I never had a strategy to leave. I was going to lay my dead body at the feet of that sidewalk. You know, I was going to be there forever. And so nurturing and watering and giving and giving to that salon is the reason why we could make a transition when it was time. So nurture, give, pour, work hard, cry when it's sad, figure out how to make it better the next time. And then it's amazing because life can offer you, you know, a shift or you can have a season change and it doesn't mean you have to throw it all out with the, the, the bathwater, you know? What's something you had to like, what's a limiting belief that you had to kind of let go of? Like for me, something that I think is so hard that I don't know how to let go of. And if I ever will, it's, it's just like, I'm a hairstylist. So like, I need, I want to be doing it. How hard was it for you? And what were some of the things that you were like, okay, I'm, I'm still a hairstylist. If I go back once a month or what are some of the things that you had to kind of challenge yourself on? The thought of not being there, um, you know, to like be the leader or to be their mentor or to be the salon owner, the thought of not being there was really challenged of, does that, is it, is it still the Harbor? If it's not me, is it still the, is it still my, you know, is it, is it still the right culture? Is it still the thing that I, that I built and that I made? It's like, it's my brand. Um, and so yeah, the thought of leaving it really touched on that, um, that insecurity. And I'm really not a controlling person. It's really not that I want everything to be kind of one way or, um, my stylists have amazing diversity and different personalities and different, you know, hair techniques. They have a different client base, all of that. And I love it. I think it just makes a fabulous place to work and a fabulous, you know, environment for clients to come and like find their dream stylist at. But something I really had to test was what does it look like to have a salon like this if I'm not there? And I think that's, you know, when I was mentioning having years of nurturing, I can look across at my team and see who was there and know that it was the right people um, that I was leaving the salon to, you know, to take care of for the, the weeks that I was away, that it was the right people. I think I, I mean, and it's, if I could be honest, there's still a lot of unknown about what this looks like. So let me say this. I would hate for anyone to believe that I can tell you exactly what the next few months or years will look like. I have no true concept of what this is going to look like, right? I really don't, but I have to believe that this is, was the right thing for right now and that the rest is going to take care of itself. And I'm just going to know what to do when there's something that needs to be done. And I think that it's really scary to admit that, but I want to go ahead and, you know, like bust that myth that to make a decision, you need to know what the next five steps are going to look like. This was the right thing for us to do right now. And so we had to make this decision, but that's not to say, I know for sure what these next few months and years will bring us. I don't, I just know that this was the right thing for right now. And I know it with my whole body. I know it with all of my soul. I love that. And I think it's kind of, it'll be cool to see if 
you know, because I know having been a salon manager and then had employees while doing hair full time, how hard of a juggle it is. I'd be curious. And like, as time lets on, and maybe you already feel this way, I don't know. It's like, maybe you're able to lead more passionately and more thoughtfully because you're not necessarily juggling so much in a given moment. I don't know. I think that'll be interesting. And maybe you don't know to just kind of, to kind of just kind of sit with, because I think um, the industry is changing from, you can be a full-time hairstylist and run a profitable commission salon and be a leader. I think it's not, not that it can't be done, but chances are, you know, that, that running of the salon is a full-time job. Yeah. 100%. Oh yeah. I remember there was a time um, in our first year when we were getting, you know, we were, we were open, things were starting to get busy. Our stylists who came on with no clientele were growing a clientele. And it was, to be honest, happening way quicker than I ever imagined. And I had a moment to figure out if I was going to stop working behind the chair to manage the salon or keep working behind the chair and hire a manager. And it was like, okay, something's got to give. I cannot be the owner, the manager, and the hairstylist. And a coach and a trainer and grow these new stylists and an assistant. I was like, hold on. Oh, I'm also a mom and a wife. And I also, and I like to have a life. (laughs) So all of these things became wildly evident that I had to pick. And I think something, if I'm ever coaching, you know, like, um, salon owners or people who are wanting to grow like an education, it's to lean on your strengths and hire to your weaknesses. And I really took a good amount of time figuring out what I loved to do, what I was, you know, what I was talented in doing, what just lit my fire to do. And then I hired to all of the things that I didn't need to do myself. And so that's another thing that I'm looking at, you know, while we've made this transition out of the state for our family, is there are a lot of things I don't need to do on my own, but I can bring the right people in. I can infuse them with, you know, my vision, but then also let go and trust that they can really take ownership and lead whatever position it is that I found they can be put into. That's so cool. And like, I don't know, I think that that is something that people need to hear because it's like, you can't be doing all the things at all of the times. And I think that back to the word you used earlier of like striving, it's like, it can become such a grind and you can kind of fall out of love with the things you love because you're trying to do everything. So what have you had to decide like, like I heard this analogy recently that I loved and it was like, it was a quote and it was like, this woman said like, you're juggling balls. You just got to know which ones are glass and which ones are plastic. And so like in your life, have you kind of done that as well as like, like figured out what are your non-negotiables and other things, whether it's outsourcing or like sometimes they fall through the cracks, they're just plastic and you know which ones are glass. Yeah, I feel like I the way I relate to that is sometimes I know if I'm looking around at what I'm doing, like what I'm piddling with and I'm like, Oh, I'm stressed. And so I'm just micromanaging this like little situation right here. And that is totally not for me to do. Like I need to move away and figure out what's mine to do and what is not for me to do. So, you know, as a leader or as a salon owner, or, you know, as a business owner, there, you can't do everything all the time. 
And yeah, and, and and I feel like I I'll see I'll see myself kind of keeping busy, and it's like it's like I'm not using my like higher mind, to, you know, to like choose the big stones to place in my vase before I fill it up with all the little ones. And I'm doing things that are not important. I'm doing things that are you know that are wasting time and not moving the goal, not like moving me forward to, you know, do what's really mine to do. Yeah. That, that I, I click with that. I'm like, Oh, I distract myself. It's coping mechanism. I'm like, I've got to get all this done. And it's like, Oh wait, what do you not want to deal with or like sit with or process? So with this move, I know I've been talking to a lot of people that, you know, with through the pandemic have been like, I like having more of a life. Like I like the slow, simple, day. I like being a whole human being. I don't want to just be a hairstylist. And some people had that epiphany before some people had it during, but I think we have empathy for wherever you land on that, because sometimes it is a hard fall to be like, Oh wait, like there's more to life. And I saw that, you know, you had posted recently, like I got to go to target, like in LA, like my husband did a lot of that stuff. So when I wasn't in the salon, I could be with my kids, which um, I think it's just, I'd love to hear about like what you're enjoying about. I know you haven't been in Arizona very long, but like the slower pace of life. Cause I know that I just feel like it's echoing across the industry. Just this idea of just wanting to have, I don't want to say ordinary in like a, in a not, I want to be in, I want an ordinary life, but I want to like love it. And if the simple joys, and it seems like your move is kind of going in that direction. If I'm wrong, correct me. Definitely not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like when I look at the whole picture, I can see that right now we've been led in this direction. So I can have really a time of rest for my soul. So my passion can stay there alive. So it could have purpose. So it could have room to breathe. And that does look like my week um, having a lot more balance than it, than it did when we were working in LA and I was a salon owner and a stylist in the salon every week. So absolutely being here, I, um, I'm with my, I have four kids, two are in school, two are at home. And it looks like we're just going to do some real average, regular things. I'm going to probably get a zoo membership and, um, and then I'll, you know, support my team like remotely on a daily basis. I'll go back to the salon on a monthly basis, but yeah, my weeks are going to feel a lot slower and a lot more restful. And, and that's not always comfortable for me because I do really like working hard. Mm-hmm. And I like having, I like having structure. I like having rhythm. I like being busy. I, I do like that. But my vision and what I understand I need right now, and the reason what re- that this was really the direction we went into, is I knew my soul needed rest. And I knew that it would be, um, it would be like necessary for us to continue the salon in LA for us to continue what's next, um, for us. And I mean, it was, it was a terrifying decision. Like I just mentioned, because we don't know exactly what the next few steps will look like. So it's scary, but I also like to give myself an alternative, right? So I'm thinking, Holy smokes, maybe we can move back home because Arizona's home. We could have the support of our family. We could have a slower paced life 
I'm imagining that and keep our salon in LA. Like the moment that entered into my mind, it was like, wait, what? Is that real? You know, could, could that really exist? Could both of these things really happen? And then I think about, okay, what's the alternative? Well, the alternative would be to stay in LA. And that had my whole body clenching up in fear, in exhaustion, in panic. So who am I to argue with that? (laughs) Right. I mean, my body is telling me, mama, you got to go rest. And the alternative was, okay, so stay in LA because I don't know what it's going to look like if we move. And then what? Like, I'm exhausted. I need this rest. I haven't, and, and, and there's a way of rest. It just looks like this little move over here and it's filled with mystery. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I don't know that I really would be able to stay and be the salon owner, stylist, mother and wife and friend that I want to be. Yeah, no. And I think it's so interesting. Like, I think, you know, just to say like, you don't know what the next steps are. And it's like, do any of us ever know though? And I feel like you took a step, like yours is like a leap that took a, I think an extra layer of courage or an extra, just like more, more of whatever it takes to make change. Cause it's a big one. But I think what was kind of crazy about just like COVID and all this, it's like, we've all felt we had control, but like, what did this last year teach us? Like, I haven't had control of shit and it kind of freed me up. And I think like, even you saying like, I don't know what I'm doing. And if someone's listening, like I couldn't live like that. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, Pam, but you actually don't know either. Like, it's just like, people don't actually know, like we're all, I say like one phone call from our knees, like you don't know what happens in life. And I think that it took a lot of courage to do what you did. But I also think like, what if it ends up being better? Like, what if it ends up being, what if you're a better salon owner? Like, what if, if people could have an hour of your time on Zoom, that's more undivided attention than I ever got from a salon owner, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Because yeah. that juggle in real life, like you were saying of being busy, I think like in person, and I, I'm really into right now and I haven't executed this, but I want to, this idea of like, that things fit into different blocks of time. Because otherwise, I feel like if I don't go, this is the chunk of time I'm using for podcasting. And this is the chunk of time I'm using to like do all my content for Instagram. This is my salon, like retail order time. I feel like if I don't give things designated spots, now that I feel like more scattered than ever, because I'm a busy person that just kind of like zips around. So I'm, I think it'll be so cool to follow your journey because what if the best salon owners end up living remotely because they're able to focus on what matters and not get caught up in the humdrum, like you were saying, of, of juggling too much and being like, oh, we're out of, we're out of printer ink. Okay, um, I'm ready for your one-on-one. I just, I feel like there's such a, uh, I don't know, I think that it could be even better than you even ever imagined. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I have a, I have an inkling that it will be too. And, and I think, you know, going back to just like making decisions and not knowing what's on the other side of your decision. Often, if you just look at the alternative of staying the same, you'll know what your decision needs to be. And when we looked at this decision just about a month ago, really, we, we decided in January and we moved, you know, by February, it was quite fast. 
But I think it had to be fast. I think if we took too much time, we would have gotten real caught up in all of the feelings of, are we seriously leaving LA in our salon? But yeah, the alternative was, but what if we don't make this change? What will that do for us? What will that do for our business? How, what kind of salon owner will I be if we stay right here? And the answer was no. I'm walking into the unknown. I've got a, I, I know what I'm leaving behind. I know that I'm leaving, you know, a great foundation and that they have that. But this walking into the unknown is, is, more, is more certain and it's more secure than staying in a place that my body and everything about me is telling me there needs to be a change. Yeah. And I love that you say that you, you, you made the decision, you were decisive about it and you moved. Cause I was just thinking like, if you let it go, I could see you like in the salon, like dealing with the little garbage cans, like by the shampoo bowls, like who's going to do these if I go, who's going to, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like, it'll be fine. But I feel like you, like you're saying, like you can perseverate over things and like, kind of like beat the shit out of a good thing and be like, okay, it won't work. So I love you saying like, no, like we made the call and we, and we executed. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you were going to leave hairstylists with like one, just, I don't know, words of wisdom, or if someone is feeling something in their heart, like they want to make a change or, you know, I've had stylists reach out and say like, I think I want to move. And they, you know, I like, would it, would all the things I learned from your course be transferable? And I'm like hundred percent, but I know that people are, you know, sometimes certainty is such a driving force in people's lives that they won't do the uncertain thing because if that basic need is number one, which it was for me for so long, what would you say to that person who's just like terrified to do what they know in their heart they want to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, talking about control, it's such a, um, it's such a, just like false perception that we've ever had it. And so if there's anything I want to thank the last year for of 2020 is helping us realize even more so that this idea of control is so false. We don't have it. Right. And so, you know, there's permission in that there's permission if we think, okay, well, I'm really not in control of how successful my clientele will grow or, you know, what the retention, if if we realize we're not in control of that, I think it should drive us to do one thing. And that's to wherever we are, be so very present, nurture it, love it, give it your all, get all the wisdom and all of the support and all the training and everything that you can out of the place that you're in, knowing that if you are going to make a next move, you're going to be so much stronger and wiser because of the way you are present, where you are at. And I think that in itself builds confidence, right? Because to see what I was able to do in a year and a half or two years before the pandemic hit, to see what I was able to do in LA in that little amount of time, I'm leaving so confident that one, it's in a great place and it's going to remain and keep growing, but also whatever I do next, I'm going to be able, I'm going to be able to grow something again because I just had, and I didn't grow that thinking that I would ever leave it. I grew that because I was so present with where I was at. 
So I know that taking next steps can be so wild and so mysterious because there's something unknown and you're like, oh, but I can't get, well, girl, you can't control a single thing about your day. And one thing you certainly can't control is how other people respond. I mean, let's just let go of that idea right now. So the only thing we control is how we show up, how we show up in the moment. It'd be funny to even think we can control the way we show up in the future, but I don't know how I'm going to wake up tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like my best tomorrow may not be as good as it was today. I'm just going to do my best, but it might not look the same. Right. So I just think being, having, having confidence that if you're doing what you need, what's yours to do, what's most important to do, and you're giving it your everything right where you're at, you're going to build confidence that you can do it again. And I just think that replanting, you know, is, it's really, maybe it should be a part of our, at least our consideration because staying somewhere for too long is, it's not good. Yeah. And I think everything you just said, it really, it frees people up to live. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes it can feel like you, you have to like be in the right place or do this and be focused on the future. And I think I love it. It frees me up to hear what you said. It's just like, be where your feet are and do the best you can where you're at and trust that it's going to unfold and you're going to get the nudge and it's going to, you know, you're going to be guided. So I feel like that is just like, um, takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause we don't know, we don't know what's ahead. We don't know. We, no one, no one predicted what 2020 was going to look like, what it was going to stir up in us. I didn't predict this. No. So where can people follow you? Cause I'm loving seeing your kids ride bikes in the neighborhood. And I, there's just something. So I think you've done a really beautiful job of sharing who you are. Um, because I, I love seeing like, just like the journey that it seems your family's taking. It's just, so people can follow you because I, I've loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess on Instagram, I'm Shanda Wallace hairstylist. And then, um, my website is, let's see, I think it's shandawallace.com. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for your time today. Yes. Thanks so much, Lindsay.